Hello, world. Welcome to another week of Golf Subpar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz. Sleaze, what a weekend for our guy, Max Homa. Man, that, how fun was that to watch? I mean, what a roller coaster that final nine was. After 63 holes, it looked like Sam Burns might just cruise to his first ever PGA Tour win, go wire to wire, and then fast forward seven, eight holes, and all of a sudden it's Max and Tony coming down the stretch, and there were some unbelievable shots being played, and there were some swings there, that uh, some things you didn't expect going on with uh, the putt on 18, clearly, but... Man, hard to pick which guy you want to root for out of those two. Two of the best guys around. I know we've we've both been very, very high on Max as of lately. We play a lot of golf with him at Whisperock. His game was trending. I said it all over the broadcast at Pebble Beach. I said, this guy's a top 20 player in the world. Look out for him this year. I think once he gets another win and realizes how good he is, the sky's the limit for this guy. And here he is. He's moved up to 38th in the world. And I'm telling you, I, I think that this guy is going to take off right now. Yeah, a little shot in the arm of confidence will go a long way. And, and it's good to see that, like, you know, you and I play with him quite a bit here at home. And we see it. I'm like, Jesus, dude, if this isn't good enough to, to win on tour, yeah. like, what's it take out there? I mean, we've been seeing it for a while. And all of a sudden, uh, here here it is. And he's back in the winner's circle a second time. Could be a little uh, snowball effect for him. I'm, I'm hoping it is. And I'll, I'll tell you this. So yesterday, I, or Sunday, I was sitting on the couch watching watching our boy bring home the title. I was a little banged up from the night before. I had a long weekend, and I'm like, all right, this qualifies Max for the WGC down in Florida. He's going to go to Florida. No. He flew home Sunday night, and you know what we did? We got amongst it. We had a celebration for do? him at our place, Bevy and Sleaze. That's why my voice is a little struggling a little bit today. Yeah, playing hurt. Yeah. Playing hurt. You got to do I was shocked when you and I were texting, and uh, I just got back in town this morning, too, and I was like, I can't believe he's flying home. <laughs> Flying yeah. home for this. I thought he'd be on the first thing smoking down to Florida and then, uh, you know, play that WGC. But, hey, you got to celebrate your wins in this you game. Do. They're few and far between. Hey. So come home, get amongst it a little yep. bit, and have some fun with your boys. And when, you're, and when your boy wins, you act like you win as well. Every, when mean, the boys win, everybody wins. It was an absolute blast. Couldn't be happier for Max. Big things coming. But we got another big event this week, the WGC Workday, which we'll get to our picks here in a little bit. But, Sleaze, an awesome guest we had in studio. World Series champ Cody Ross was in the building. Yeah, man, we've been having a, a stretch of golfers here for a while. Nice to get Cody in here. We talked about the Jicky Jacks of, of baseball, yep. the minor leagues, getting a nice little up-close look at that uh, going forward. And I got it's also a huge golfer, like a lot of the baseball players. He's Since he's shut it down, he's playing all day, every day. Yeah, really it. good player. Dangerous right now. We'll talk about his handicap, but yeah. he, he's definitely dangerous. He's made whole, one hole-in-one in his life, and it's at a pretty special place. Yeah, so, yeah tough gonna, to beat. You're going to want to hear this one. All right, here's Cody Ross on Golf Subpar. Okay, our next guest spent 12 years terrorizing the big leagues. He won the 2010 NLCS MVP and the World Series with as a member of the San Francisco Giants. He now fleeces retired doctors out of their paychecks on the golf course. <laughs> he is Cody the Boss Rouse. What's going on, brother? What's up, fellas? Good to be with you. Well, and, I, I, I would say I get my money taken more often than taking doctors well you take it but. you take the doctors and then give it to tour players that's a good point yeah, yeah. so it all equals <laughs> out like a reverse <laughs> robin hood yeah you come out even <laughs> but i gotta do i gotta say 2010 you did break my heart because i mean if yeah. i do watch baseball it is the texas rangers and you had to go over and just slap them around in five games really hurt my feelings a little bit i know well you know what i'm actually a ranger fan as well because i grew up in texas and as in dallas not too far from where colt grew up and my first games going were always to Ranger Stadium. I went to, you know, anytime I could ever go, I'd always go to the game, always go to the game. And so when I, when I actually got to the big leagues, I never made it 
over to Texas for some reason to play. So the very first time I ever stepped on foot in the stadium after watching many, many games was during wow. the World Series. And it was the most amazing. Yeah. I'm like, I, I get goosebumps talking about it right now. It was We're awesome. going to get into the World nice, Series because yeah, we'll I'm very interested. A lot of that. But... but let's go back a little bit to the beginning. I mean, yep. Carlsbad High School, yep. New Mexico, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, you go, you get drafted straight out of high school. First off, I want to know, what was it like walking around senior year in high school <laughs> you had to knowing be... you're going straight to the bigs where the girls just throwing themselves at you? Well, y- yes. <laughs> in that metropolis yes. of Carlsbad, That's New right. Mexico. Yes. Yeah, so, um, like I said, I grew up in Dallas. My parents moved me back um, my freshman or eighth grade year in high school and uh, middle school going back to New Mexico. That's where my family's from. And then, you know, we just, that was our home. And so... I excelled in baseball and, you know, it was, I, I thought, well, I was the best player in the world. Honestly, like in New Mexico, there's not too many great baseball players. So I was like literally the best player. Like I thought like they're like, I'm the next Nolan Ryan. And so, except I hit, um, and <laughs> I pitched too. too though. And he, I pitched. He too. hit yeah, people he, in the face. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he did. Um, so I walked around like I, you know, was the greatest thing in the world. And, um, yeah, so I got drafted and being from a small town, um, we had, you know, 35, 30,000 people. It's a huge, actually really big baseball program. So there was a lot of, um, players before me that made it professionally. A couple made it to the big leagues. Um, so there was a lot of history that went back and, um, but it was just a, a, a really cool experience. Everybody in the town knows who I am because, you know, like I said, it's 30,000 people. The next closest town is 30 minutes away. So it's like, there's a sign when you drive in, it says home of world series champion, Cody Ross so like, to, you know. on both ends. That's yeah. when you know you made it. You it's like varsity, varsity blues of, of baseball. Pretty much. Yeah. Whipped cream, bikinis, all that good yes. shit. Mm, yeah. yeah. You got picked in the fourth round out of high school. What's like the barrier of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to turn pro right out of high school or no, nah, I might pursue college. So I went to, I signed to go to Arizona state here. Um, I, I stepped one foot off that plane and onto that campus and went, sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> sign me Pretty up. Easy to do. Pretty Can't easy. Imagine why. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so uh, the day the draft came, I actually, before that back up, you know, f- for the whole, my whole senior year, I had scouts coming in telling me how great I am, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're going to go in the, maybe the first, second round. I said, well, if I don't go, if I don't, you know, go in the top three rounds, I'm not signing. I'm going to Arizona state. So literally the, I get a call. I'm in actually Cancun, Mexico. I'm on my senior trip and I get a call in the hotel and I'm, li- I'm laying in bed, like I'm asleep and I get the, like the phone rings and I can answer it. And, He's like, hey, my name's Jim Olander. I'm from the Detroit Tigers, and we just drafted you in the fourth round. Congratulations! And I, like, I was dead silent. First of all, I'm like, is this a dream? Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, not, you know, I'm hungover. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, all right, Jim. I said, uh, thanks for the call, but I told you if I didn't get drafted in the first three rounds, I'm going to Arizona State. So I appreciate it. Like, hung up. I'm like, I'm going back to sleep. I was so mad. I'm like, what's going on? Like, I, I told everybody. Well. I had zero intentions in going to college. Like all I want to do is play professional baseball since I was this big. So we came um, to a, a agreed term and ended up going, and that's a whole different story. But how does that minor work? Because you can get drafted, but then you can say, okay, never mind, I don't want to go. I'm going to go to college. Correct. It's yeah. not like that in every other sport. No, yeah. So you have until a certain date. It's like um, end of July or maybe the beginning of August to – 
to come to terms with the team. If you don't, then you have to go to college or you can go, you don't actually have to go to college. You can go play D or, uh, um, like Juco, Juco, yeah. which you can take one year and then try it again. So yeah, baseball is a crazy, it's, it's hard to follow. When if it you comes go to Juco, stuff. you can go pro right like after one year, but if Correct. you go to a, like a division one, like an Arizona state, how, what is it? Two years? You got to stay there two or three. When right? I was, when I, I don't know what it is now, but when I was, I, I would have had to gone three years and I'm that's what, yeah, I think long. that might be what it still is. And like a lot of those two. big guys. And yeah, if like, you did go, would you have had, would you have gone back in the draft again? Correct. Yeah. Or did Detroit still have your rights? No, I okay. went back to the draft. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's why a lot of like the stud baseball players went one year JUCO because they might not like where they got drafted out of high school. Exactly. Like, screw it. And one year later, they throw heat and they're like, okay, now you yeah, get you're your first, you're you the first pick. pick. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get to this because yeah. I think one thing we're very interested about is you know we we compare minor league baseball to the Jicky Jacks of golf. You know the, the <laughs> oh, mini yeah. tours traveling around, yes. rooming together with people. You know, not the most glamorous lifestyle. Which For sure, I would imagine that's what minor league baseball is a little bit about, and probably. The most fun you've had in your career. Absolutely. Tell us tell us a little bit Give about it. What's it like? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. So everyone thinks that baseball is all glitz and glam. You see the TV and, you know, you guys are making millions of dollars. Well, you have to start somewhere, right? And so I got drafted. I went into um, Lakeland, Florida, and I was literally one out of 500. And it was like, I, I'm like, oh, my gosh. All these people, these guys are monsters. They're huge. And I'm like, how am I ever going to make it? And you're 18 years old. I'm 18 years yeah. old and I'm in Florida and I'm by myself. So that first year was a real struggle for me. I, you know, didn't do oh so well um, hitting wise. Well, luckily I was drafted high enough that I got multiple opportunities. Well, the next year I went to West Michigan, which is in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's called the what we're called. We were called the West Michigan Whitecaps. Now this is now it was real baseball. Like I'm playing in a stadium with you know maybe five thousand people watching each game, and it's a bunch of 18, 19, 20 year old kids, and it was a, one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I mean, I'll never forget. I got my first check. I got my first check, and it was I cleared two hundred and twenty seven dollars, and I'm like. Let's go! go. Like, We're having I'm like, a night. Yeah, like yeah. I'm getting paid to play baseball. This is the most surreal thing in the world. And you know, most people would look at it and be like, "Wow, it's gonna, what am I supposed to do with this?" But I was like, "Wow, like let's let's get after." We've it. made and it. The, it was gone within like an, an hour after I got that it. I think. Awesome. But, yeah. What's the traveling like in that when you're going on game? Is that plane? Is that bus? Are you staying multiple guys in a hotel room? Yeah. So a ball. So there's different levels of a ball. Rookie ball is the first level. Then they have short season a ball, and then there's uh, mid A, and then there's high A, and then there's a double A, triple A, and then the big leagues. And it differs a little bit from organization to organization, but um, the Detroit Tigers, the organization I was with, we rode the bus all the way through until we got to the triple A. So, like for example, West Michigan, our closest uh, trip was like two hours on the bus, and then our longest trip was like 15 hours. Oh, my. That's a good way to get ready so to when play. So when I think of minor league baseball, I think <laughs> of the movie Bull Durham. Yes. And I hope you tell me that's somewhat realistic because I love that movie. I love everything about that. Is that realistic? Absolutely. Oh, good. Yes. I mean, so you got everything, every, on everything, <laughs> from, every part of that is realistic. That is so it's, cool. Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, that's why it's one of our favorite. I mean, if you ask most baseball guys it's like that's the one of our most favorite movies because it is so realistic yeah the producer is the guy that did 10 cup he Ron actually Shelley. played minor league mm -hmm. baseball so it's yeah. like yeah. yeah those stories are like literally some of those are taken from his playing days yeah absolutely which is but sweet. As, as much fun as that was i imagine that moment you got the call up in 2003 
I mean, that's a dream come true. And I've always been interested. How does that work? Do they call your cell phone? Does the, the minor league manager call you in? How does it all happen? Well, back in 2003, we had pagers. So okay. oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Two ways. Two, two ways. ways. Me on my two ways. <laughs> no. Um, so I'll, I'll never forget it. I was, um, we were in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And this is what's terrible about AAA is when you have travel days, you are always on that first flight out in the morning going to wherever you're going. So we were actually going from um, Char- uh, Louisville to Toledo, Ohio. And so um, I get the call, or I didn't get the call. My manager, I see him, it's like 5.30 in the morning. And everyone's like this and they're, you know, they're seated in the, in the airport and everyone's tired. And I see that my manager get on the phone. I'm like, oh, who's talking to at 5.30 in the yeah. morning? And he's like, okay, okay. And then he hangs up and he comes like walking over to me and he looks at me and, and I'm like sitting on my chair and he goes, Cody, he goes, I got to tell you something. He goes, you're going to the pros. And I go, the pros, I am in the pros. What do you mean? (laughs) He's like, you're going to the big leagues. He goes, I always wanted to say that you're going to the pros. And I'm like, holy. And then after that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like the most unbelievable. Like from then on, this was July 4th, 2003. Yeah, July 4th, huh? uh, and we were going, I, the team was going to, or in Kansas City. And from then on, since when he said that, it was just like, wah, 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 wah. Like he was trying to tell me everything that was going on. It was just like, I was trying to think of like everything I was supposed to like do and talk, you know, call my girlfriend and my parents and everybody to try to get to Kansas City as fast as possible. And um, anyway, uh, I had to fly from Louisville to Toledo, Toledo, to Kansas City, and I barely got there by game time, and I was in the starting in the starting lineup. Oh my! And you were right, right in the right out of the gate. Threw me right in there. Wow! Yeah, it I didn't was, know that part. And it was the like everything. Like I said, it was it went everything was going a million miles an hour. I mean, as soon as I land, I'm going there, giving me my uniform and giving me like my bats and this and like, oh, what are you? What else do you need? And I'm just like. I need a, I need a breath, yeah. <laughs> a breath. <laughs> One second. And, uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was the, one of the greatest experiences. What's that like life. when you step on the field the first time? Cause your whole life you've been preparing to get there. It's, it's probably like, I would, I would compare it to like getting the first PJ tour start because you know, like you're so excited to be there. Everything's going a million miles an hour. You're thrilled to be there, but you know, like if I don't show up and perform in this little window of opportunity that I'm getting, like it's straight back down. Like yeah. that, it's, it's almost, you can kind of cripple yourself like trying too hard. Absolutely. And so when, when I, I remember standing in the outfield and I was thinking, Oh my gosh. I mean, the, the place was absolutely just jam packed. Cause even though Kansas city sucked at the time, like, and so did we, um, July 4th is the biggest baseball yeah, day. Yeah. So the, the place was jam packed. And I remember looking up and going, oh, I've never seen a third row from more, from this perspective. And that's what kind of gets most baseball guys is like, you add that third tier, that third deck, people freak out. So we're used to the two, you know, the one at the bottom and then one maybe a little higher. But when you add that upper deck, it's like, oh, boy, like you you know, you've made it. And it's it, that's when, it, you know, you start getting a little tight, you know. And so I remember thinking, first of all, it's hard. It's hard to pick up the ball in the outfield because it never goes in the sky. And, I'm, you know, we're so used to the ball flying up in the sky in the big leagues. It doesn't get in the sky. It just stays in the stand. So the depth perception's tough. And I remember thinking. Oh boy, I don't, don't, don't zoo a ball <laughs> yeah. right here, you know? And, and, uh, 
you know, it's almost like the, you know, probably I would assume getting on tour for your first time, you're like, all right, don't, don't snap hook this thing and be too quick or, you know, whatever, you, you know, goes through your head. But, um, I just remember being really nervous and, um, but then once I got into uh, to the plate and I thought I was going to be more, the most nervous is when I actually calmed down and I'm like, okay, I've was, been here. Before. Uh, now I know I've been here yeah. before. Probably standing in the on deck circle was probably the most nervous. Absolutely. Yeah. You're exactly right. Listening to people chirping yeah. and, you know, seeing the millions of people. I'm just like, oh boy, this is nerve wracking. And you get, you get in that game and in the sixth inning, you get bean <laughs> and you got to leave the game. Who's the ass face that hit the kid, the rookie in his first game ever had him leave the game. God, you know, it's what a I scumbag. I can't remember the guy's name but he was my teammate afterwards and I told him the story and so I was always um I was always like known for being like this hard-nosed like ball player because I had to be you know smaller you know uh, I had to play harder work harder you do everything harder be be tougher than everybody and I'll never forget I get hit and I got hit like literally right in the back of my um like lower back where like there's nerve is and um and I he hit me and he threw like eighty eight and it wasn't it wasn't too bad and what a bitch so yeah exactly <laughs> so I'm like running down to first and I'm like all of a sudden I'm like oh my gosh I can't feel my left leg and so I get on first and I'm telling my coach I'm like I can't feel my leg and he's like what do you mean you can't feel your leg I'm like I, I it's numb I can't feel it and he's like well he's like you're gonna have to deal with it and yeah. so I get off and I'm like. The guy hit next to me hits a base hit, and I'm like barely getting to second. And so the trainer comes out, and he's like, "You all right?" And I'm like, "No." I said, "I can't feel my leg. I, I cannot feel it." And uh, so they pull me out of the game, and oh my gosh! Like, did I? I heard it from all the veteran yeah, guys. Yeah. Like, oh, we thought you were some tough, hard nosed player. Like, you know, you're, you know, you're just as soft as every one other kid that comes up here. And I'm just like, no. And I, I was supposed to start the next day. And I got out of bed and I, my, I couldn't, it was still like, I was, uh, I remember going to the mall because I had to get a jacket to wear on the plane on the ride home. Cause I didn't have a jacket, <laughs> like a sports coat yeah. and I'm walking around the mall and I'm like, I'm hobbling and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is, this isn't good. I'm not gonna be able to play. Oh. And I had to pull myself out of the lineup again. First and like, game. First game. Yeah, you, want, you do anything to stay in that game. Anything, yeah. anything. And it was the weirdest thing. I've been hit a million times, but never had I ever been hit where it, besides like breaking a hand or something, but hitting like in the lower extremity where it caused me to come out. It was, was it on purpose? The beam? No, 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 oh, no. Okay. Nate Fields. There you go. Thanks, Nate. Go, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> Ass face. <laughs> who's the guy? Who's the guy that beamed you that when he got you, you're like, oh my god, this is a problem. Well, so other than I, the one that they all yeah, seem so, like a problem. So when I was with, um, sorry, when I was with the uh, Marlins, we used to have a lot of beef with the uh, New York uh, Mets, and there was a guy named Mike Pelfrey, and 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 he for for whatever reason just did not like me. And it was probably the homers that I used to pimp and like, you know, <laughs> Could be jogging it. around the base. But um, every time I'd come into town and we had face him, he'd always hit me. And he threw hard. He threw like 95 to 97 and with some nasty sink. And he would always like throw a little slider off the plate and then bam, I'm like, oh. And I remember one time I'm like, this dude is a monster, yeah. by the way. Like he is probably 6'7", 240. And he looks, I mean, he's jacked. And I'm like, I thought about it for one split second to just going, going at, at him. him. And I'm like, 
Nope. <laughs> I'm going right that but I did. I did Bring like, you know, like getting a chirp at him. I, you know, I, I played the, you know, little. What's the, where's the That's... worst place to get? Obviously the head would suck. I mean, you got a helmet, but I feel like the ribs, the ribs probably ribs. right in there. Yeah. Oh, God. Or the hand so, probably. The hand, the hands are, is, is terrible, but you know, you learn how to take pitches over like as far as like how to react and try to make it not hurt as bad over time. And it's, it's almost like a little bit of an art. Um, but yeah, I would say the ribs are probably the worst. Although, you know, some guys have a little more meat on them than, yeah. than, than if you're going to be an than, asshole, you better learn how to take a pitch. You know, that'd exactly. be the worst yeah. feeling. Uh, just getting in the box knowing like this dude's probably going to be me. Yeah. That's, I mean, that right. is a that's bad like, feeling. Dude, just strike me. Let's go. That's a bad feeling. Yeah, I'd rather usually, just strike me out. Oh, dude, I mean, that's... Well, that's what ends up happening scariest. usually. Yeah. It's like you, if you go into the box thinking, all right, these guys, I know that he's going to drill me because of you know whatever happened the last game or the last time we were in town or whatever. You just have that mentality going into your in the box. You're toast because... You don't even think you're hitting it. You can't even yeah. swing. That's what, like, if I was the Astros, like, you know, starting back last oh season gosh. after all the stuff that happened, even if you weren't a part of the team oh, a year would, before, I'd be like, like, guys, I, I had nothing to do with last year. Please don't hit me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't here, but yeah. I wasn't here. Leave nothing to do with alone. <laughs> but I thought one of the cool things I learned about you is you're one of the few guys who bats right-handed, throws left-handed. Yeah. Ricky Henderson yeah. was another. But let me ask you this. A couple of the greats. Would you say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> would you say you throw better right-handed or bat better left-handed? Man, that's a really good question. I would say, I would say I'd have, I would say I bat better right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Although I did, I was, I did pitch a little bit in professional baseball. I mean, yeah, I saw that. I, I pitched in the big leagues once one, one inning, but I pitched, um, they actually wanted me to be a two-way player when I was younger, like 20, like my second year in the big leagues. Or, I mean, the in the, in minor league baseball, they wanted me to be a two-way player, but I was too small. I threw just hard enough i threw like 90 so it was like if i threw like if i was a if i was like 95 they would have been like okay yeah, let's let's do this but i was just like just okay i mean i probably could have made it work but um i would say hitter you threw a scoreless or you pitched a scoreless inning though didn't you in your yeah, one inning it's my claim to fame no deal, whatever, um, just no de- hitter defending world series champion uh, philadelphia phillies faced ryan howard jason mm. worth Pedro Felice and Raul Labanas, and the only guy who got a hit off me was my good buddy Jason Worth. He like you served he, him one up. No, I threw a change. I had him like he was weird. It was actually a good battle, and I threw him a change up, and he like asked out like and, and like hit it off the end of his bat, and it rolled to short. And our shortstop was Hanley Ramirez, and he's was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> obviously so, his fault so he like picked it up threw it up and like it was safe and i'm like oh man that's the hit I'm that was give the up. hit that's the still hit. the lowest era in baseball oh, yeah. history whatever yeah for All sure right. well i gotta talk to you about joe girardi because from what i read i'm not a big fan of because as a lot of people probably know me and you kind of share the same style we don't have much up top we got a nice <laughs> beard right so you go to because, you go to what's now Miami, yeah, whatever, Florida, Florida. It's Florida. It's Florida to me. Florida yeah, exactly. It's to me too. The Mar- yeah. let's go to the Marlins. And Joe Girardi. And it's still there. Mike Stanton. It's not Giancarlo Stanton. Yes. I played with Mike Stanton. Okay, perfect. I love that we get this all out <laughs> there. there. You go. But you know Joe Girardi. You know he's a Yankee and all this, and he comes down there and he has this no facial hair thing. Yeah. And he you walk in, and he says you gotta shave your beard, and then he tells the media maybe you can put it on top of your head. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. I mean, how, Is that offensive? Off, yes, that's so that's offensive. A good way to get on the side of your manager, yeah. Of your players, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, it's exactly. Like, we're on the same he, team here, Joe. Yeah. Like, don't insult me. You know, it was so. 
it was actually Jeffrey Loria, who's the owner or was the owner of the um, of the uh, Marlins back then. Uh, it was his rule, and it was Joe following it. Oh. But Joe, being a Yankee guy, that's why I just assumed yeah. he brought it. Yeah, Jeffrey was like a poor man's uh, uh, Steinbrenner. Steinbrenner. <laughs> So he was trying he to. He was a baseball follow. team, but he's poor man. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> he was trying to follow suit, and yeah, that was that was that pissed me off. What happens though? Like, let's say, all right, you played later in your career with Brian Wilson, one of the great beards in all of sports. Yeah. What happens if he goes gets shipped to Florida? Is Joe Girardi really going to come in and be like, "Hey, take that off"? He's going to be like, "No." What what happens then? Yeah, so it's happened. He ain't shaving that. It's right? happened quite a few times. I mean, you remember Johnny Damon going from the yeah. Red Sox to the Yankees, and they didn't even recognize him. Yeah, and it's like you, and it's just one of those things. Like it's their their rule, and it's so stupid. I mean, Garrett is it Garrett or Garrett Cole, Cole had to shave his same thing to the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. you're stripping these yeah. guys' personality. Yeah, so be them exactly. We're players, managers. Uh, we're, <laughs> that's we're right. Managers. That's listen, right. Listen, I need the beard. Okay? Me too. Actually, have a, I need got. the beard. Even though mine's getting similar aesthetic in Thank terms you. of up top yeah, yeah i know yeah once you get above the neck i had my, my yeah. old pga tour credential had a picture of me no beard no hat on and Roy mcelroy comes up one day and he grabs it he looks like he goes you should keep the beard <laughs> just throws it cover up as much shut as up Roy, <laughs> dickhead oh uh, that's uh, awesome <laughs> that's why I, I can't believe they make you shave it. i know you're so a baseball dumb. player so i mean dumb. come on yeah dude we're just dudes out here they used to like make us like do all kinds of stuff like some oh i remember when i was with the uh um uh, was a Dodger? Oh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter what team it was. But one team, we all had to wear our socks up. Like our, our pants up. Oh, yeah. Like you could that, not. Actually. Me too. I love. I always wore mine up. Mm-hmm. I always. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Stirrups didn't fit me. I didn't have to use rubber bands. <laughs> um, but they have, you know, I think nowadays it's kind of those kind of rules um, are kind of with the whole cancel culture thing. You're kind of going out the window. So I think nowadays it's going to, you know, whatever. It used to be you can only wear a certain color shoe. Like you could only wear black mm-hmm. shoes or you, um, um, the Royals and maybe one other team were the only teams that could wear blue. And now, and then the uh, A's were the only teams that could wear white. But now it's like you can wear whatever the hell you want. Like there's anything, anything you're, goes. You're paid so. by a lot of sponsors. You, you yeah. wear whatever you want. I always yeah. wonder, like, what if Manny Ramirez went to the Yank? You know what I mean? Like, you think they're going to start making Manny do all this stuff? I was like, one of these days, one of the dudes is going to be like, nah. Yeah. I do what I do. If you want me to hit bombs. This is I'm gonna do it with some facial hair and no stirrups. And they're gonna right. be like, all right, then okay. your thirty million a year is gone. Yeah. Oh, never mind. Right, you I'll know do what? It. You know, never. I was thinking of getting rid of this anyways. <laughs> you want me to do it, or you want your barber to come in and do it for me? I don't. I don't really care that much. I want to ask you this because when yeah. you, we talked about you getting called up, right? You get called up for four games, then you go back down. But when you get called back up again, first game back or your first home run, I should say, grand slam, right? Your yeah. first home run as a big leaguer yeah. is a grand slam, and then later in the game. You tear your ACL. So your first game ever, you yeah. get beaned and have to leave. Then you come back, hit a salami, and then you tore your ACL. At this point, are you like, shit, I'm just cursed. I'll never get to stay up here. Pretty much. Yeah, <clears throat> I'll never forget that. I mean, it was one of the most experience, greatest experiences of my life. I, my first at bat, like you said, I come up, hit a grand slam. Come up my second at bat, I hit a double off the wall. And I'm so I'm like, I'm two for two with – uh, four RBI and maybe I even drove in another RBI um, that same game with six total bases and I'm like I'm like this it's is on. I'm, Max I'm, I'm, let's go yeah. let's let's go and then so um, I think it was like the sixth or seventh inning uh, um, I, I come back up again and I look down to the third base coach and he's like running through all the signs and like doing that and I'm like I go and I'm like do it again and he's like running through the signs again and I'm like he just gave me the bunt again like what? bunt 
two for two with, you know, yeah. salami. And I'm like, we're winning by, by a run. And I'm like, all right, I'm the young guy. Like, I got to do what I got to do, right? So I lay down this perfect bunt to third, and I'm running to first. And, and freaking third baseman comes up, fills it, and throws it to – first baseman well the first baseman like it was a bad throw he jumps right on top of the base like i can't i have nowhere to go so i'm either gonna plow him or try to jab step around him well i chose the latter tried to jab step around him when i did it my knee went pop and i'm like oh my god so i'm laying on the ground and i knew something I, i'd never blown my knee out but i'm like i pretty something much happened, this, yeah. this is not good so i'm laying on the ground and alan trammell was my manager at the time and Kurt Gibson was our bench coach and Trammell comes running up and uh, he like, he looks over me and he's like, you're right. You're right. And I looked at him. And I go, why'd you make me bunt? Yeah, <laughs> of course, dude. Did you not see my last two at bats? And he looked at me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, you better be. Yeah. You I mean, owe me 30 soft, million. How soft did your teammates think you are though? Oh my God. God. <laughs> this guy's played four games yeah. had two season endings yeah. <laughs> injuries already. <laughs> Oh, that's he did it Let's fast forward to 2010. Uh, all right. You're at the San Francisco Giants. Like I said earlier, you beat the Texas Rangers in the World Series, but NLCS MVP. I mean, you were just on a roll. Yeah. Killing, you were, I mean, the, the city was just obsessed with Cody Ross. Yeah. By the way, the toy cannon. How toy could cannon. you not be? Yeah, toy I was going to get to that yeah. a little bit we'll later. Get to, we'll yeah. save it. Yeah, yeah. We'll save it. But for those of us who will never participate in a World Series, <laughs> what is that adrenaline, the nerves, everything like leading it, compared to like a regular game? Yeah. So – I mean, from the beginning of the playoffs, it's every pitch matters because, and the whole goal obviously is to make it to the World Series and win a World Series. I mean, for every kid, that's why we all played baseball when we were young, right? Like, what did you want to do? You want to you know, play in the World Series hey, and win it? Win the Masters. Right. You want to win the Masters, right? So it's like every, every dream that I had was leading up to that moment. And, and, every single pitch was like life or death. And it was, you know, normally when you're in a regular season game and, you know, a guy strikes out, you're like, oh, you know, we'll get him next time or whatever. Like if the guy strikes out, you're like, no, we have to get him now. We can't wait yeah. for another inning. Like we have to get this guy. We have to get this guy over. We have to get him in. We have to figure out a way to manufacture a run because, you know, when you're playing against the best and the or the Rangers were so good that year. I mean, they were incredible. I mean, they went back to back world series, which is crazy and lost. Like that's, that's gotta be heart shattering. Puked off one of them, but that's a <laughs> tough break there. for the fans and the players. I Probably mean, never get over it ever. And, um, so I just remember every single pitch and every single at bat, every moment just being the like biggest, I mean, one little error is, turns into this massive thing you know or is like a regular season game it's like well or it's like it'd be i guess in in your your guys's terms would be like if you're in you know a web.com tour event or or not web a corn, corn fairy, fairy yeah. tour event and you smoked one out of bounds and you know you're just like oh, i just hit another ball out of bounds i've done that a million times but you do it whenever you're leading at the masters and mm -hmm. you know or you hit one in the water and you're like I mean, every single shot is something. I would have to imagine, like, even, like, the vibe and the atmosphere in the clubhouse before oh. a World Series game has to be slightly different. Than, a little more on edge, probably not as much joking around. We tried to keep it as much as we possibly could, mm -hmm. like it was just normal. And and <clears throat> I can tell you this one thing, too, is, like, 
all my family was in town, obviously all my family, I mean, people that I didn't even know were showing, like showing up by the, you know, you, know, the, you, you know, don't even know oh, about, yeah. yeah, I need some tickets. Exactly. And so instead of like just going, like focusing and like, oh, I got to get back, go to sleep. No, I was out every night, like having pops Hell, with the yeah. family and like That's why he's a fan going, going to that part like, of the story. Yes. Like literally getting in bed at like 2 a.m. going, oh man, I'm not going to feel good tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know? And like waking up, I'm like, all right, we got a World Series game. Like it's like... <laughs> Adrenaline gets rid of a hangover quickly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely the most amazing experience that I've ever uh, experienced sports wise. Besides my hole in one at Pebble on number seven. Thank you very much. We were going to get to that. I mean, (laughs) hey, baby steps here, fellow. We haven't even got to golf yet. When you got shipped though to the Giants, they were obviously really good. I think they were contending for the you know uh, the title with the with the Dodgers at the time you were going there but they had a starting right fielder Jose Guillen yeah did you go there knowing like all right well this is a team that has a chance at winning the World Series but I might not even be starting because Jose has that spot right now correct is that, is that like what is that bittersweet like I might win a series but I also might not get to play yeah I mean I was um I was actually not having a great year when I was with the uh, Marlins when they shipped me over to the um to the Giants and what happened was is um the excuse me, the uh, Padres actually needed a center fielder. Um, I forgot. Mike Cameron, I think, was their center fielder. He went down, and we need, or they needed uh, somebody to come in and replace him, and I thought I was going there. Like, all the rumors said, oh, Cody's going to the uh, Padres and blah, 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 and next thing you know, um, I'm, on wa- I'm on waivers, and the Giants claim me. And there was all this talk about them. They did it to block the Padres from doing it because the Padres were right – actually – the Padres were leading at the time. They were like up like four or five games on them in the division. And so um, I got to, I get, I get, I get all my stuff. I pack it up and go to San Francisco and I'm like, I don't even know anything really about the San Francisco. I know they're really good and they've had a pretty good season. And so on the way over, I'm looking at the plan. I'm looking at the roster. I'm going outfielder, 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 outfielder. I'm like, where am I going to play? I mean, they have all these like, um, like really good players and like six outfielders. I'm like, Where am I fitting in this scenario? So I get there and um, Boach was really good. And he was like, listen, I'm going to do everything I can to get you in the lineup um, in, you know, situations that you're going to succeed, blah, blah, blah. And I talked to uh, Brian Saban, who's the, who was a GM at the time. And he was like, listen, all those rumors you heard about, you know, us blocking you from going to San Francisco or to the, from the Padres is they're all, they're all wrong. We wanted you. That's why we, um, that's why we got you. And he like he was very like adamant about like letting me know like this is we wanted you here and I'm like so he made it feel they made me feel super welcome and the players were so good about making me feel uh, welcome and but then I had to like like work my way into the lineup I'm like you gotta you earn, know, it now, I gotta yeah. earn it now yeah. and um, luckily Gian got popped uh, with steroids so and I got in there. yeah he was hurt but he also yeah. had human growth hormone like shipped to him they intercepted it yeah, exactly so. what happened yeah, yeah. That's awesome. yes well, so you end up winning obviously the celebration's huge you got the parade in downtown San Francisco know you're a big bourbon guy yes what was the bourbon so choice I back then I wasn't such a big bourbon guy um, although uh, Captain Morgan paid me like a lot of money to to do their stance on the float and oh, so captain and they perfect. gave me do it for free and they <laughs> and they said we'll give you captain morgan for life well i saw it for like a year and then i never got it after that so uh, we need that <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's a lawsuit yeah. that is a lawsuit no um but anyway i did that thing but um you know i think that um if i had to you know obviously if if i was to do it all over again and now that i am a 
bourbon guy, and obviously I have to open up a Pappy 23 and, mm. you know, go at it. You yeah, know, that's, that's probably the way to do it. How yeah. fun was that? Like, because that did not course winning the world series everybody's gonna have fun but that team like they wrote the book what was it the band of misfits yeah, or something the, yep. like that you had some characters on that team what was that how long did that celebration go on and what it's kind still of weird, going what kind of weird <laughs> shit was happening with like <laughs> lincecum and brian wilson who's like one of the craziest dudes he out is there. i mean the ringleader was pat burrell i was gonna say you can't all. forget about this guy is the greatest of all time i mean the stories you guys should have him in here one time. He is absolutely incredible. I mean, his stories are phenomenal. He machine. was our the machine. <laughs> his ring. He's he was the ringleader. He was the guy that you know was all. I mean, and not only was he an amazing baseball player, but uh, and a partier. But he his baseball knowledge is second to none. He is the most incredible human um when it comes to baseball and just his love for the game it was just amazing but anyway his his um he was the ringleader obviously wilson we had aubrey huff and you know lincecum and you know just uh, just a group of crazy crazy guys that we had so much fun together and you know i think wilson called us the four horsemen with me you know, between me and him and uh burl and and aubrey huff like that's a we squad. had some good time. squad of weirdos on that <laughs> team which is times. the best yes that's, like that's, that old red sox team that's awesome mm-hmm. yeah. well we can talk about baseball all day but we are a golf podcast yeah. can i get so one more baseball in because i know sure, you got some good ones you about this <laughs> you're always the energy guy in the locker room that's kind of your reputation that's yeah. followed you you were the great locker room guy but long seasons i know you got some good prank stories baseball teams how much time you got some of the best pranksters out there give us some of the best like baseball pranks you were a part of you know there was a, so many that it's so hard to remember them all but i do remember one in particular that actually we got on we got it on film um we were in san diego and it was we were, we had this we hbo followed us after we won the world series it was in 2011 and uh they they followed us to you know just document our whole season which was a disaster by the way um but um we decided we were gonna prank aubrey huff down in mexico or in san diego said that we we told him that his credit card was stolen in mexico and we that there was all this stuff that was put on it and like the the feds are involved and all this crazy and and he i mean he was like freaking out like he was calling his wife like telling her like hey babe you know like i don't know what's going on but he was like worried about like i mean everything and that was one of the better ones i can't remember it was so long ago that i can't remember the like the details but it's documented and you can watch it it's actually pretty funny what was the hbo doc called you remember nope okay perfect <laughs> must have been a Football's banger got the hard knocks must have been got something hit. different it's must something like that hit. it's something like that. okay yeah. all right well let's Let's get into a little golf. First off, you're out there in San Francisco, which is, huh. I mean, it's amazing. Pretty golf. good little area for golf. What's your handicap right now? I'm a I'm a three, three. but you, a strong. You were almost embarrassed to say that. Three. He texted me last three. night and he's like, "I'm a three and I'm dangerous right now." So yeah, exactly. I'm pretty dangerous. If anybody's looking for a uh, memory, part, guess, memory partner. guess partner, yeah. when did you get up. started in golf? You know, I started taking it. Uh, I, I I played a lot one with my dad. Um, Coming back from the seasons in baseball, I would, you know, start playing with them, just messing around. Didn't really um, know what I was doing. I had obviously a ton of power and I was just hitting it everywhere and um, just enjoyed it f- f- more for um, 
social aspect with my dad and just being with him and my brother and stuff and friends. But, um, once I really, once I retired in 2015, I really started like, like I'm a, I'm, I'm literally a golf man. Yeah. Like I, I know swings that, and what, you know, not to do and what to do. And I'm too much into it. Like I, I was listening to Derek Anderson's y'all's deal with him the other day when he was in and like, I'm, I'm, I might be even more of one nerd than wow, he. Wow, that's like, a bold statement. And I practice probably more than he does too. Just I do it quietly. I go the. Well, like, you don't have the coaches and everything. I don't. I've never oh, taken yeah. a lesson. You don't have chappies and you don't have, next to you. Right. You don't have the mental freakouts that DA has when he hits a bad shot. It's a great point. And it's yeah. all over. But yeah, that's so, a high level of golf nerd. Yeah, and so you, you're out there in San Fran. I mean, you, I'm guessing you didn't play a ton of golf during the season. I didn't, but I um, when I when I coached with them in 2017, I played a lot. Of okay, them. so you got. I mean, you got Harding Park. You got Olympic. Lake Merced, San Francisco San Golf Fran. Club. We can even throw Pebble and stuff in there, even though it's down the yeah. road a little ways. Give me Cody Ross's favorite golf course in the San Fran area. My all-time favorite golf course in San Francisco is Cal Club. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. I mean, pow, I, pow. I played them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Home of the Pow Pow. That's pow, right. pow. <laughs> I played them all, and that one for me is just special. It's it's really hard, obviously. I mean, when the wind – All that golf up there is it's hard. So it goes hard. nowhere. It's it like landing no- on the moon when you get down. Like, <laughs> if you've never been there different. and you go out to those places and you see like 6,900 yards, you're like, okay, it's a yeah. pitching butt. <laughs> exactly. then you're, now, no. Then you're hitting it five play, iron from 170. Yeah. You're like, okay, it plays It plays the other way, 7,600. Yes. But you referenced earlier – a very special shot at Pebble Beach, yes. number seven. Take us through that because I mean, it was on film and I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, got, I got it on film. And besides baseball, you know, winning the World Series, hitting my first home run, hitting my first Grand Slam, or you know, I hit a home run in the World Series against the Range, like all these things that I feel like are my huge accomplishments um, in in sports. Like the most not like the best one for me being a not uh, and, and a non-baseball uh deal is hitting is making that hole in one at pebble which was i mean i've never made one and to do oh, it that's the first one there first wow. one ever yeah yeah and i and the, to do it on that hole and to have it on, on video, video why was it being filmed was i was doing a usga um event for the uh, us open okay they invited some you know local washed up celebrities from San Francisco. <laughs> so I played with that David, like Randy Wynn and, um, you know, those other like football guys and, you know, some basketball guys there, but, um, actually the, what's his name? Barstool guy was there. Uh, Riggs. Riggsy. Riggsy and exactly. Was, Everybody forgets his name. Yeah. yeah that, that guy. <laughs> He's not important. I was worried you're going to blow your ACL out on nine fairway. I was like, anytime he does something good, it typically right. leads to a career. Um, yeah. So I hit, I, it was like 97 yards. We, the, the tee was up a little bit, 97 yards. Um, my caddy that I had was like, listen, the wind was blowing from right to left. And he was like, if you want to get this close, you're gonna have to take it over the edge of the green, which is the ocean. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not here to lay up. So I hit this perfect shot and, and on video, you can see it. Like I, it goes like right behind the hole. And I like, I like, I thought I dunked it. I'm like, Oh, and then all of a sudden I see it hit and it, it rips back and it went in and I throw my club in the air and it was just, how about that though? To get it documented, pretty yeah. cool. Dude. I mean, there's probably a lot of people that are like, oh, I made a hole in one. Yeah, I'm like, okay, dude, sure. Right, yeah. and, uh, and the first one too. Yeah. yeah, 
First one. First one. And only one. I don't actually don't ever want to make another one. There's, well, there'll be no topping. It won't. Unless be. you can go to Augusta. Well, the odds are in your favor. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want. Yeah, you're, Thanks, Cole. You're safe. Uh, <laughs> you see me I've playing our game. Mountain Shadows, <laughs> I don't even think you can get it done. I don't, I don't never, I never oh, play Mountain God. Shadows just for that. But, did you play... Sorry, did you play with any clubs where the pitchers, like the, like the Braves or the famous team, were like Maddox, Glav, and Smoltz, they would all go out and play on the road in between starts. Did you play in any clubs where the pitchers were going out and playing golf while you were on, out on the road? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, most, most places, most teams that I was with, the, the pitchers, at least, at least two of them would go out um, and play every city. And I always told myself when I got later in my career that I wanted to do that because we're going to cities that I will never travel to to go play golf. Mm -hmm. Like for example, Pittsburgh, I'm like, when I'm in Pittsburgh, I'm like, I'm taking my clubs. Like I'm going to go play Oakmont and I'm going to go play, you know, all the great places in Pennsylvania that are close to there. And I'm like, I never did it because the last thing I wanted to do was be outside and, you know, be on my feet for four hours. And I just want to be in like hotel room and watch movies and order room service. And so I never Dude. ended up doing it. I, I regret it to this day. The, the other players like so resent good. the pitchers oh. being that they got to show up and like work out and do things and can't play. And then the pitchers are out there like, Oh yeah, I'm playing Oakmont today. And then we go play the Phillies. I'm going to play Pine Valley. Like that's got, do they get pissed at that? We are jealous that they're doing it. And then as soon as they start sucking, then we're pissed. Yeah, then you bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> then we're like, instead of going out and playing golf, once you, Go pitch. Yeah, I want you to throw a few innings. <laughs> yeah. But you play you play at home here at Whisperock. You play with a lot of tour players. Yeah. Kevin Chappell, Ches Reevy, to name a few. Yeah. What is one thing when you play with them you notice they do that they probably don't get enough credit for? Like, what's one thing that, that impresses you, being a golf nerd that you are? I mean, probably just the consistency. Like, just, I mean, for you two and you, both of you guys, uh, just watching you guys – just hit irons. I mean, you don't miss the middle of the club face. I, rarely. Mm -hmm. I know you do. You think you do. But for us, like being, you know, amateur golfers, um, you know, we hit them off the toe and they go, you know, like say you have a, your nine iron goes, what, 135 yards or 140. 140, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> 140. Well, it goes at least 112. So or like, that. like when we hit it off the toe, it goes 105 yards. And when you hit it off the toe, it goes one. 29 or 130 like yeah. you you're you know your misses are just so, y'all you know Ches and Chappie and those guys that you know and it's just so much fun to watch you guys play and just consist consistently strike it in the middle every single time and you know it's like it would be like you watching us take BP mm -hmm. you know I mean I, if I hit a ball off the end of the bat during in BP like you you it would be something you don't ever see a big leaguer do that it's always on in on the, the barrel. on the barrel. Um, have you had the chance to play with Rom? I mean, he's at Whisper Rock, Silverleaf. No, I see him all the time. Though. Never got a chance to play no. with him, huh? Okay, I was going to ask what you thought of his game, but never mind. Uh, I, I, I bet he thinks it's pretty good. Yeah. If he has eyeballs, your eyes work. It's not bad. I see him hit balls in the range What's all your, the time. So you're three now, which is, by the way, very liberal. Criminal. Very liberal Absolutely interpretation criminal. of the handicap. <laughs> manipulation of the gin system here. I got, I got to give Mulder. Mulder's got to give me three and – Loesch got to give me three, and I wax those guys. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a, I, I, you're not a three. Three total or three aside? Three, three total. total. So Mulder's well, first off, Mulder masquerading as zero is pretty criminal. That too. is criminal. He yeah, he's, now Loesch, he's a plus. <laughs> Loesch is that reverse sandbagger. He's that Hollywood. He should have played for the Dodgers. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's well, let's, should we get into the emergency nine? Yeah, let's hit the E nine. E nine. You got time for a quick E nine? Absolutely. Well, All right. Might as well while we're here. As you know, we ask this to everyone: movie made about the life of Cody Ross. Any actor, dead or alive, who's playing you? Leonardo DiCaprio. 
all day. Jesus. <laughs> we got a lot of confident people yeah. on this show. Dude. No one's ever said like an ugly dude. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I like, mean, what, you know what? Jonah Hill. That's going to be my guy. No Jonah one's ever Hill. said that. I it's mean, Daniel all... Berger on our SiriusXM show the other day said, you know, confidence is more important than technique. And That's all of our truth. guys our, prove yeah. this. There's this a reason we interview a... guys that have done a lot of good shit in their sport, and it's because yeah. they're confident. Because not one of them's ever I mean, super who I picked high. is not. I mean, I picked Bruce Willis just because he's kind of bald. And if he grew a beer, I think it'd work. I mean, that's a pretty damn good. It's pretty good. Wait, hey, Leo, but. That's what I went with, too. I went with Jason Statham. I was like, bald. He's got a nice beard. Pretty good looking cat, you know? I didn't have yeah. Leo pegged for you, but Leo, all right, all Leo, right. yeah. All right, all right next one. All right, of all the teams you played for in your career, if there was a bench clearing brawl, what guy do you want by your side the most? As a protector, not that you couldn't hold your own, say, just in case. Nah, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, still the know. toy cannon. He wasn't the <laughs> cannon. I would say that's got to be Brian Wilson, or. Yeah, Brian Wilson. Brian yeah. Wilson? Yeah. That's weird. I think, it's I rare think there to be a here's, here's the reason why. I think a, there was a lot of people that were afraid of him, but he's actually quite soft. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, oh, he's not soft. He's, I'm intrigued he's, by that guy. He's, he's very intriguing. He, I've seen him get into bar fights. So I, I would, I would want him on my side. He's a big boy, but I feel like he's got that screw loose thing. Yeah. Maybe like a Jeremy Roenick type deal where it's like, totally. you're not the big, they're bigger guys, but nothing going on up yeah. here this guy like would be got. this guy would be like he was a superstar and he was getting into bar fights like, i gotta i may have Brian, another go awesome. to your room i may have yeah. another question about him because <laughs> i love that guy all right give us a time all right next question you haven't played since 2015 but let's say right now you had to go out and your life depended on it you had to get a hit you can pick any modern day pitcher to face who's oh, it gonna be this is an easy one love this <laughs> cole hamels <laughs> Sorry, Cole. Sorry, Cole. I <laughs> love Cole. Awesome. Cole's so the best. I, awesome. I, I killed him. I killed him. <laughs> That's right. Cole, perfect. So you're, you're staying alive. I'll stay, yeah. That and he's like awesome. one of the best pitchers. He, he might be a Hall of Famer one day. Like, that's how good he is. But I, for some reason, I just saw his. I, saw I met him when he played at Texas. What a good dude. He's a great awesome guy. Awesome dude. Yeah. Great guy. Cole Han- that was a quick answer. That, was that wasn't even no debate. <laughs> I thought you might Cole Hamill was there. Nope. Probably had a dong. Probably had a dinger real fast. All right, next question. Since we just talked about him, I want to know just is your former teammate brian wilson the coolest dude to ever play baseball yes i mean so when it wasn't just that season like everyone thinks oh that was just something that he like created like the beard and the beard came about but he's always been like just super just weird and just different different. i mean he almost comes off to being a little bit of an asshole to people because the way he is, like he's just very quiet and he um, will just stare at you and not even say anything. <laughs> and it's kind of, yes, yeah, exactly. And, but um, one of the, one of the coolest teammates I've ever been around and, and, you know, we're friends with him obviously to this day and just talking with him nowadays is still, he has not changed. One say, what's he doing now? Yeah. I was going to ask you. <laughs> he's flipping houses in LA. Really? But I'm not talking like, you know, five hundred thousand dollar houses. Houses. Yeah. 50, he's like he'll they'll buy like fifteen million dollar houses and scrape them and put like a thirty million dollar house on it and then sell it for like a hundred million. So things are still going right for Brian Wilson. Yeah, he's yeah, right. Let's look into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I knew, million, I knew he'd be doing something cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy. All right, next question. Athletes in general are very superstitious. I feel like baseball players take it to a whole other level. What was the most ridiculous thing you were superstitious about? Yeah, so I I had so many little quirky ones that um, 
that people wouldn't even, you know, you don't, you would never see me do. But like, for example, uh, if I, I'd put a piece of gum in my mouth and if I got a base hit, I would keep it in. And then uh, I would do it until my next at bat and I got another hit, I would keep it in. And if I just kept it going, and, but if I didn't get a hit, I would throw it out, put another one in, like little stuff like that. Um, I always. That's like I, a birdie chew. It, exactly. Yeah, Same type of deal. Yeah, yep. Keep I would, it in. I mean, I was very ad, I was very strict on what time I put my uniform on when I was eating. I mean, I had it all down yeah. to the minute and it was all because of what I did the day before. Yeah. And it's like I had to do exactly what I did the day before just cuz or if I didn't if I sucked the day before, I would change it up by like a few like minutes. Mm-hmm. Or I would, you know, or I would walk a certain way out to the field or go a different way. Like it was just, it was always a mind game. And it was, it, it would You're drive normal. me. There's so You're much normal compared to DA. I mean, oh yeah, DA, DA is crazy. Had to like high five the same security guard everywhere. Yeah. And put left sock, sock then right sock. He doesn't know what day it is, but he knows uh, his left sock got going yeah, for his right Yeah, that's sock. crazy. I mean, and, and it's funny that you asked that because a lot of um, people think like uh, people, you know, a lot of baseball guys like wear the same jock strap or do for the most part throughout my whole career, I didn't see much of that. Um, I had heard a lot of stories about guys like Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs was like one of the craziest superstitious guys in the world. Like the most, like the shit that I would say you you would hear would be like mind blowing. (laughs) And, um, but I didn't really see a whole of it. I had a lot of little quirky ones, but nothing like crazy. The problem is with superstitions, as soon as like something goes awry or you're running late or exactly. whatever, then your whole brain is messed up. Like, oh, well, now I didn't do all my shit. Exactly. I'm not going to have a good game. That's <laughs> the only problem. No, that's exactly right. All right, next question. This is, I really actually want to know the answer to this. How in the shit did you become friends with Lil Wayne? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> you know this? I didn't know this. Dude, Cody and Wheezy are boys, bud. Can you get and him I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. And what's his phone number? I'm sure he's a huge golfer. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he isn't. He yeah, he doesn't call. This is the odd couple. I need to know how this developed. That's, so uh, when I was with the Boston Red Sox in 2012, um, we went down to play the Marlins in, uh, for interleague. And uh, Lil Wayne is from, or he lives in Miami, and he's a huge Red Sox fan, like huge Red Sox fan. And I would, I'll give you one guess to why you would think he's a big Red Sox fan. Anybody? I have a guess. We'll throw the it B there. on the hat is for Bloods. The blood on the hat. So he's yeah. always been. You need been... to watch more gang shit. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Like... Yeah. The guy with the golf nerd hat on. So we're talking about <laughs> Lil Wayne and blood. Signs up. Right. So huge, huge uh, Red Sox fan his whole life. So he comes to the stadium. Um, he comes down into the into the clubhouse, and lo and behold, one of the one of his entourage guys I knew from Miami from when I was with the Marlins, and I'm like. Oh, Santi, his name is Santi. I'm like, Santi, what's up, man? Like, he's like, oh, what's up, Cody? Like, oh, how you doing? I, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we're talking. And he's like, yeah, I'm with Wayne now and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, won't you come to um, his video shoot tonight? And I'm like, all right, I'm in. And so, like, I went to, cool. like, Lil Wayne's video shoot. He was shooting a video down in, like, downtown Miami and ended up hanging out with him, going on his tour bus. And then every time he would come into town or I would, you know, I, we'd be in the same city, um, I would meet up with him and, and uh you know after his concerts or whatever but anyway like just kind of um 
yeah, became friends with him a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say we're like tight, but we're, you know, we're he, friendly. How we're do you, friendly. And how do you save that name in your phone? Is it under Lil Wayne? Yeah, is, is that it under Weezy? the L? Like, which way is it? Weeze. Weeze? Weeze? Yeah. Perfect. Got it. Yeah. God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that first conversation <laughs> with Cody and Lil Wayne. Can, hey there, Mr. Wayne. Uh, can we get player? Lil Wayne, Brian Wilson, and you together oh, in a room? My, and oh, just oh that group, group incredible. Sesh. And the machine. We'd have to the, oh, my God. Burl. Yeah. What an odd couple. That's good. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. I thought this next one was my most, the coolest thing about you, but now that is. <laughs> but growing up, you always wanted to be a rodeo clown, yeah. which is so, fascinating yeah. to me. So I mean, I, I growing up in like the horse farm business and all that, like I, you know, all the that. rodeos and everything I know about, it, which is awesome. <laughs> so for those who don't know, rodeo clown is someone got all the paint on, got all kinds of weird shit on, and you basically save the bull riders yeah. from the bulls when they get bucked off. Correct. Okay. So obviously everybody wants to be a rodeo clown. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to go through three of your best buddies from Major League Baseball. Nick Punto, yeah. Kyle Loesch, Mark Mulder. They all decide they'd become bull riders. Shockingly, <laughs> they all get bucked off. <laughs> Who would you try the hardest to save? You know, it's a toss-up between uh, Loesch and Mulder. And the only reason I would not try to save <laughs> Punto. <laughs> you remember guest partner. It's <laughs> because he never, re- he never makes birdies. He, he, yeah, that. He sucked whenever we played the member guest. <laughs> Number two, he never returns my text messages ever, ever. He, I mean, he'll go weeks without returning my messages. And then finally I'll just blow him up and be like, you better respond to me well, right now. Like, to be fair, they, I asked them this and they said, well, they're probably all going to be dead because you had canceled 20 minutes before the competition started. <laughs> <laughs> Not the most reliable. <laughs> you might have commitment issues. Yeah. We what had some of them scheduled the day, and I was like, I don't know, dude. He's scheduled at one thirty. We'll see. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, By the way, you wouldn't have to save Mulder. Stuff. Mulder would probably look at the bull, and the bull would just fall in love and give him a kiss. Probably. <laughs> like, he is the most likable guy in the world. Yeah, he'd be All right, my uh, next question, my last one, this actually relates to Colt's question. So, in hindsight, do you think you would have sustained fewer injuries as a rodeo clown than you did as a baseball player? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> oh, that is a, I'm worried about you question. blowing your rotator cuff moving this mic around. That is a... <laughs> That's an unbelievable question. I'm going to have to go with uh, – I would have sustained less injuries as a rodeo clown because I've had so oh, many injuries as a baseball. And it's like a non – really a non-contact sport. <laughs> and I've been hurt in the most ridiculous ways. Oh, there are running backs that haven't even sniffed your right. resume of injuries. It's incredible. I mean, how time. do you blow your – I mean, how do you dislocate your hip – as a baseball player, it's, it's almost question. impossible to do. And I did <laughs> wrist, hip, back, <laughs> every rodeo clown, dude. rodeo clown. Do they have like next stage? Yeah, names? I was gonna ask that too. Oh yeah, what, what would yours be? Yeah, that's a bonus oh, question. Man. I don't know. I'm Boss. guessing the toy cannon. The toy, <laughs> toy cannon, cannon. Toy cannon. Good one. So Here comes one of, the toy cannon. One of my uh, all-time favorite rodeo clowns. Um, when I was a kid, Wait, they're, they're famous rodeo <laughs> He's famous. Oh One of the big name famous, guys. Famous, big name. He was a world champion, actually. He was a bull, like world champion. Yeah, I didn't. You probably didn't know. I didn't he was know world you could be a world champion. Yeah. So after, like, like in the like every year, you go to the NFR. I go to the NFR. Um, every year back in the '80s, um, they would have a Wrangler bullfighting championship, and um, it was always after the after the rodeo. And nobody would leave. Everybody would just stay there and watch the the bullfighters. And what they do is they'd let the bull out, and you would just like do like these little like tricks with the bull, like almost like a Mexican style, but you're not like spearing the guy or the the bull, right? It's like you're just doing these little moves. And um, anyway, seems smart. Yeah, yeah you're just bulls just running at you, and you're like dodging. Found out right? competition yeah. <laughs> with daggers but, attached to its head. Yeah. yeah. So my favorite um, bullfighter of all times named Smurf. 
He was awesome. Mm, he Smurf. Was, of course, Smurf. Smurf. Dude, Makes sense for a Smurf's yeah. the guy Smurf. that everybody thinks about. Yeah, Smurf. I Smurf. Love that. All right, last question. All right. You got it all going on, you know? You got a nice beard, very successful baseball career, hell of a golfer. You got it all, except for what's up top, like myself. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, if you had hair, would it be fair? It would not be fair, man. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, it's so funny because I always dream. Like, do you ever have dreams that you have hair? No, I, no, it, it went away. <laughs> mine's <laughs> mine's gone too. But for some reason, I like I'll like wake up and like you know, it happens like once every year. I'll have a dream that I have hair, and I'm like put like running my hands through it. And the wind, wind is blowing it. So yeah. <laughs> hey, have you ever thought about it, going the Erlacher route? Yeah, dude, Erlacher did it. So New Mexico stand up. <laughs> See, like your head's. I mean, you look fine, Bob. Yeah, you want to show it? Yeah, you yeah, show yeah, it. I'm, I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. Like, Erlacher looks fine. Yeah, you've He's, grown into it. It's a clean yeah, it's look. Fine, I feel like right? you'd look straight. If I saw you with hair like you'd I look when like, I saw whoa, Brian, I was like, yeah, I don't even know who I'm addressing. Like, I was kind of disappointed when Erlacher did it. Yeah, me too. He yeah, looked kind of tough and me nice. He abandoned his tribe. I totally agree. I mean, no, I would never. He looks great. He looks amazing. Nobody love his hair. It looks totally natural. But no, so my wife likes to tell this story all the time. When I was, I started like losing it when I was like 22, 20, like around there. She says 21, but I was 22 or 23. Anyways. Yeah, she know. So it was like right when like Bosley was like doing all these like ads everywhere. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to look into that. So I went and, like, did, like, the hair consult, like, the consult, consultation, whatever. Consultation. Consultation. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, college. Yeah, thanks. I didn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, did it, and I was, like, thinking about pulling the trigger on it, and then I'm like, you know what? Forget that. I'm just going to just bick it and and ride with it and just own it. And that's what you got to do. You just got to own yeah. it. I and mean, But how, how do you – I don't know how Erlacher, like – was he just that insecure about it? I think he got paid. A lot. I bet they gave him some. Oh, yeah. I bet it didn't cost. Him. Okay, he's well, he's on every billboard. If you drive down yeah. Chicago, it's like there's Brian. Oh, there he goes yeah. over there. He's every oh, billboard. So I think if financially they're... he came out ahead on okay. that deal. Okay, I, t- I get it. Then. Yeah, but I get it. I mean, you play baseball. You have a hat on all the time. Yeah, Who cares, I know. Yeah. Well, Cody, this has been an absolute mm-hmm. pleasure, man. It's Thanks, been a blast. Bro. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate Thank you, brother. Thanks, Appreciate Lee. you. Appreciate it. That was Cody Ross on Golf Subpart. Sleaze, dude, he is a blast. We've known him for a while. Another guy that plays golf up at Whisper Rock. How about, he's got one hole-in-one in his career, number seven at Pebble Beach, not too shabby. Yeah, with video footage. Yeah. If you could pick, like, hey, you can have one hole-in-one in your life, and we'll also document it where you want it. I mean, that one would be pretty so tough cool. one to beat. And how about the fact that growing up, he wanted to be a rodeo clown? I mean, that's something Things we always give shit day. about. But, yeah. like, yeah, like, that's one thing kids are like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a, you know, spaceman, whatever. I want to be a rodeo clown. What's the most dangerous job in the world that also pays the least amount of money? Say, that's what I want to do. What kind of salary does a rodeo clown Not get? enough, dude. Not enough to get in the ring Jump with in those things. Jump in front of a 1,000-pound bull or however oh. big they are. But, yeah, awesome, dude. I mean, great story. To win a World Series. I mean, that guy was beloved in San Francisco. They, I mean, he, he went on, obviously, a tear in LCS MVP. Then goes on to the uh, win the World Series. Just an awesome dude. One of my favorite guests we've, we've sat down with. Yeah, pretty much every teammate you talk to of his and every organization you go to, he's like a fan favorite. Everybody says good things about him. Once you get to know him, like it's pretty easy to see why. Just a high-energy guy. And starting off his career the way he did with all the injuries and like you know getting his first shot and then having to come back down and then getting hurt, getting back up there and hitting the, hitting a danger and then blowing his ACL. Like He had some struggles for a while, and then he had caught that – Huge hot streak with San Francisco and uh, goes down in history with that band of misfits they had up there in San Fran. Yep, awesome stuff. Thanks to Cody for joining us. But, Slays, time to get to our picks for the week. Not our best. 
at the Genesis Invitational. I, I, I snuck in there with the top 15 from Patrick Cantley, but a very disappointing Sunday from him. Your guy, Adam Scott, actually had a big Sunday. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, well, he had a big Sunday, but I, I was sitting there on Friday like, really? Miss Cut? Or you might have Miss Cut? He had to make a late birdie just yeah. to play the weekend. And I was like, here we go, guy with an unbelievable track record. I'm going to throw the curse on him. Nothing like having three missed cuts to start out. The <laughs> yeah, year. I was like, like this, yeah. this is a problem. But at least he greased it out and had a good Sunday. He made a little bit of a yeah. move, but he was just too far back. All right, producer Mark, can we have some updated standings? Yeah, so Adam Scott finished T38, good for $40,555. Well, Patrick Cantlay, as you said, Colt, the T15, 151, $125,000 to give you a lead of 190289 All right, all right. He's so tight. Very close. Can I say this? I honestly feel like Cantlay with the 14th, still a good week. I, he was the guy I was going to pick hands down if I had the honor last week. I feel like that's almost a win for me being that he didn't yeah. he wasn't a top three guy i thought for sure he was going to be there on like you know last night on struggles sunday. on sunday very expensive three putt for par on 17 coming in i was not those ones happy. stack up when you get up there yes, towards the top do. at the end and this week another huge event slays the wgc workday whatever the something. hell it's called not mexico rolls city off your tongue. <laughs> the wgc not mexico city this week but another loaded field gonna be awesome to watch um I think this is a week we're going to might have to use some big dogs because, I mean, there's no scrubs in this field. Nobody. No scrubs. What, there's only 72 guys in the field, something like that? You can't you can't uh, pick a bad one here. So, yeah, we'll be interested to see. You're, it's your honor. You're coming off the, your the, honor, your the honor. 14th, so you lead it off, and then I'll follow suit. All right. Well, I'm using a big one, Slays. You know, the concession golf club, not many people know about it. Not much history around there. Yeah. Except for one man that I know of, and that's Bryson DeChambeau. He won the NCAAs there while at SMU. Go Mustangs. And I'm going to go with him this week. I think knowing the place just a little bit, having some success there will help. I heard it's not too difficult off the tee, which should set up pretty well for him. Um, it's big around the greens is where it gets tough. Our guy Ben Herman said he thinks single, single digits will win this That'd be win this fun. Week, That'd be which fun. Be really cool to watch. So I'm going with Bryson DeChambeau, who's around 20 to 1. Yeah, 2015 NCAA champ there. Probably the only guy in the field with a win at concession. Uh, so that's not nothing. Uh, I'm going to go here. I'm going with my first European flair on Team Sleaze this week. I'm going with a guy that's been playing well of late. Won, uh, won over in Abu Dhabi uh, earlier, like about a month ago, and then had another sixth in Dubai. Tyrrell Hatton, a guy that I think is maybe one of the best iron players in the world. And I was just reading up a little bit on this golf course Said you know, like you said, wide off the fairway, second shot golf course. I'm going to take a guy in some, in some good form and uh, one of the better iron players in the world. So Tyrrell Hatton, here we go, son. Give me All some right. of those antics and give me some tweets. There it is. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.